Welcome back for another episode of Talking Grassroots the podcast, talking all things local footy and local sports. I'm your host, Ricky Etridge, and with me back again, Ricky Logan. How how are you, mate? Yeah, not too mad, mate. I've got over last week's disappointment, and uh, you know, just enjoying some quality NFL playoffs at the moment. So. That's good, mate. That's good. Uh, so this week we're gonna um, touch on. Uh, the best teams across uh, Victoria in 2023. So the Herald Sun has done their own little rankings. Uh, so separated into the top 75 um, Melbourne clubs, which would have been nice if they just did Metro clubs um, because then they've also got a top 50 country clubs. So don't quite understand how they've managed to, to work this, but they should have just sort of been in the Metro and country. So we'll, we'll touch on that. Uh, we're also going to touch on the... The longest winning streaks as I currently stand, unfortunately, the longest losing streaks. Uh, so which one do you want to get into first, mate? I'll just go the top top seventy five metro clubs to begin with. I reckon. All right, mate. So we'll get on to that. So we'll probably just work our way back from uh, ten down to one. So in tenth spot um, is Diggers Rest out in the Riddle District. Um, so they. Had a record of 17 and 1 for 2023. Now, the minor premiers, um, the premier bounced back from grand final defeat in 2022 to be dominant team all season, storming to the premiership with a 43 point win over Woodend. Completed the seniors re- re- reserves flag double, losing just one game in each grade. That's a hell of a stat. Yeah, that's, that's not bad at all. But I do want to point out in this list, it's actually got a Raiders top 100 as well. Ah, well, you, have you got that that side of things up? I, if you look at the top of there, it's got so they rank sixty third in the readers' oh, top. Where about you keep that one up, and I'll uh, read out the rest of them. You give us where the rest. See, that's a big, big gap in between ten I'll, to sixty three. I think we've you got to keep in mind with readers; they're going to be pretty biased towards leagues that they support. So, um, you know, yeah. probably. The more popular leagues are going to have teams ranked a bit higher. Well, the other good thing on the Herald Sun is they've actually uh, got uh, an overrated, underrated, and agree by uh, the viewers. So this probably also has how they worked out the uh, your top 100. So on Diggers Rest, 60, 60, 60, uh, 66% of people think they're overrated. 12% of people feel like they're underrated and 20, 22% agree. Uh, in ninth <clears throat> were the out of out of East Premier Division of Wandon. Uh, the Bulldogs went seventeen and three, winning the Premiership. Uh, the Bulldogs seemed to grow in strength as the season progressed, and their sixty-three point win over Nary Warren in the Grand Final left no one in doubt as to who the best team was. Cody Hines, Hurst, Paddy Brzee, and Clinton Johnson had stellar seasons. So Wandon from the out of East, uh, nine's Pretty to finish um, premiers in the premier division in outer east is pretty good, but again, this is another one that outer east is the country league. I'm not too sure why they've got these in uh, the, um, for this, but so what are they? What's your vote on that one or the viewers' choice? Uh, 58 in the top 100 for the readers, there they're ranked, yes. um, which like I said, it's gonna be a pretty big difference between some of these teams, but uh, outer east has been always known as dominated by. Nary and Cranny, so yeah. for them to knock off uh, Nary by 
a decent, you know, over a 10-goal margin is pretty big. It's probably yeah, good for Adelaide too to have a um, sort of like an original club winning premierships. Uh, so 60% of people feel like they're overrated, 17% are underrated, and 23% agree. Uh, coming in eighth um, is Werribee Districts, the Western Region Division 1 with a record of 19 wins and one draw. Uh, so they didn't lose this game all season. Uh, they finished minor premiers and then with the premiership. There was only one blemish on district season as a clearly the best side in the West. Led by lots of homegrown, homegrown talent, Chris Gillum's side went one step better in 2023. So I'm not too sure if they've just got the, the blemishes a draw or they've just got the uh, they're around the wrong way. So what's the uh, the Raiders' top 100 on that, Mike? Yeah, they got them at 42. Um, so yeah, big difference, but... Um, Werribee again is probably not quite metro, is it really? But I'll give it to them because Western Region is a metropolitan league, so I'll give them that. Um, uh, yeah, but it, the good thing here is lots of homegrown talent. That's probably good to hear for a team like that out that way. Pretty sure Werribee Districts have only crossed from the Vaffa only a handful of years ago, too. I'm fairly sure. So 51% of people. Feel like they were overrated, 22% underrated, and 27% agree. Now, moving into seventh, um, and I can actually see here what the people have rated them. So, rated seventh is the Mornington Peninsula Division One Minor Premiers and Premiers, Dramana Football Network Club, with boom recruit Jake Arts making a massive impact. The Tigers roared off with the premiership, blitzing respected rivals Frankston YCW by 54 points in the grand final and dropping only one game all season. Um, and I actually know someone that was involved at Germanus. So I was chatting to them throughout the season every time I sort of uh, crossed paths with him. And he was very bullish about their season and how they were going, but he was saying that um, they were getting a little bit concerned especially when the Pines brought back in sort of Dane Swan, Aaron Edwards and those type of players mid-season, but managed to go all the way in uh, the one loss in the season, but still won the flag. So where do the Raiders sit these guys, mate? Yeah, number one. So I think this one's, you know, one between one and seven is not, not too big a gap compared to some of the others, but I actually went to the granny and watched these guys play against oh. Frankson YCW. Um, my son's... One of his teachers is plays for Dramana, so it was a pretty pretty happy occasion for them to to win that. But if anyone knows uh, Mornington Peninsula, knows Franks and YCW has been one of the massive powerhouses of local footy. I think they won eight out of ten flags over a certain period, so they've been a very dominant force. So for Dramana to knock them off was quite the feat, and it was a, a ripping game of footy with a massive crowd down there at Frankston. Um, I don't know what the grounds call it at the moment. Uh, it's has changed in a lot. It was Skybus, and I think it's changed since then. But um, in the first episode, I spoke to you about what your first memory of watching local footy was. And funnily, Frankston YCW is actually my first memory of watching local footy. So for anyone that lives in that area, uh, Jubilee Park is a massive netball complex there. And my sisters used to play netball down there on a Saturday morning. So I'd do my odds kick, get picked up, and... Uh, when I started playing netball, when I was just going down there, I'd actually just walk across, sort of sit on the hill and watch Frankston YCW. I'm pretty sure that was actually during that really dominant period they were in. But me having absolutely zero idea about local footy at nine years, ten years old, I just went down, got the record. I was like, oh, I'm actually watching local footy. So Frankston YCW is actually my first memory of watching 
uh, local footy. So, Dramana, 24% feel like they're overrated, 49% feel like they're underrated, and 27% agree. Now, moving into sixth, um, from the Southern Division 1, Cheltenham, with a record of 19 wins and one loss. They were the minor premiers and then also won the premiership in an absolute enthralling uh, contest. So the Rosellas snapped their 87-year Division One Premiership drought with a stunning comeback win over Cranbourne. The Eagles had been kryptonite for Cranbourne and Reece, uh, for Chelton in recent years, with its only three losses in the past 39 games all coming against Cranbourne. They were a side worthy of premiership success, having dominated the entire home and away season, which included a stretch of 10 quarters without conceding a goal. Uh, so just on that grand final, I actually watched that grand final here, being the fact that I used to play for Cranbourne and was pretty interested in this game. And the funny thing about that game was, now the commentators, I believe, were probably from the league or from the supply, uh, the provider. But I'll tell you what, if you'd uh, told me that I'd press red for Cheltenham's commentary, I honestly would have believed you because when Cranbourne would, when Cranbourne dom- dominated for periods of this game, when Cranbourne were on top, the commentators were saying, Cheltenham weren't doing this right, they've got to be better and they were real sort of down in the dumps and geez, they're going to lose another grand final. Then the comeback came on and they were blowing the levels off of their commentary equipment. And I was just like, geez, you've sort of got to be a little bit uh, unbiased when you're doing commentary in a grand final. So where did uh, the viewers have them, mate? Yeah, they got them at uh, 60. Um, and that's, I think, when it comes to, like I said, when you got people involved in different leagues, they're going to rate certain clubs a lot higher. Southern, like we spoke about in our last episode, has always had a little bit of a bad rap as, as not quite as strong a competition. But it just shows Cranny, who were a powerhouse in the out east, coming to the Southern, they've, they've won a flag. Um, and have been their kryptonite to, to Cheltenham, as it says, but they were they managed to get over the line. And they they had some great recruits the last couple of years that, that helped them do that. So just on Cranbourne, right? So Cranbourne were ranked 29th on the list. The Raiders ranked them number 12. Yeah. So they've actually ranked the Premiers, who only lost one game for the season at 60, and rated Cranbourne, who went 15 and six as 12. Yeah, I don't think when you... you got to take a nostalgia factor with uh, the readers, you know, that some people are going to think, that, like, yeah, they've dominated over 10 years, so they'll, they'll you know, they should be rated a lot higher. Where this... They're trying to rate this as, like, going into this year or, or at the end of 2023, this is where they rank them. So. You've also got to take into account um, fan bases' desires to make sure their club win. I'm... Uh, a hardcore supporter of Arsenal and Arsenal supporters are very much known for getting on to polls and voting fan votes and make sure their people win above anybody else. So in fifth, uh, the Eastern Premier Division Premiers, Roville Football Club, uh, they went 16-4. and four. Uh, just, just 20 years ago, competed in Division 4. Now Roville is the king of the Eastern League following its first top flight flag in September. Against perennial contender Vermont, no less, the Hawks suffered an upset loss in 2022 grand final after taking out the minor premiership, and that was against Noble Park. But weren't to be denied this season, finalized, finishing second and often overcoming hurdles of injury and player unavailability in the closest flag race in years, Roville was written off by a few, but certainly prov- 
prove the naysayers wrong. And the readers pretty much agree with this one. They've got them ranked at six, so it's uh, pretty close to, to how they're ranked there. And, the, you know, Rover has always been talked about. Eastern League in itself has been always considered probably the top metro local footy league. So I actually remember, I think it was, as I said, they were in Division 4 20 years ago. And I remember a couple of years ago they were still down sort of in Low divisions, and then I heard last year that they were pushing for a, divi- a premier division flag, and I was just like, "Like, all right, since when did they become good?" And uh, Roville, um, good ground. The grounds are quite a nice ground. They got down there facilities. Actually, <laughs> just speaking off air about uh, facilities at Roville could, you know, they're, they're good, but a bit of a, a bit of new grant, uh, new room, change rooms would help. But coat of paint to the floors would help. That would help. But uh, Roville Footy Club do have a little. Yeah, a little bit of a place in our hearts being the fact that we are involved with Roville Cricket Club and they're fairly well aligned. Uh, so anyway, 31% agree, 30, uh, sorry, 31% say overrated, 37% underrated and 32% agreed. So I couldn't, couldn't have it uh, much more uh, than that. And then in fourth, and this actually this has actually surprised me that these guys have actually ranked as low as they are. I thought they might have been a little bit higher, <laughs> even though they're in fourth is the VAFA Premier A, the top division of VAFA, the Collegians. Um, I actually watched this grand final, and I'll get onto that in a minute, but they were the modern premiers. They ended up, being the, they ended up winning the flag. Uh, the best side in the VAFA all season and dominant on grand final day. Collegians, Collegians beat St. Saint, Saint Kevin's by 85 points in the decider, the second largest VAFA Premier Division win in history. Um, so... That was obviously back in September. One of the last grand finals we played um, was actually watching it, having a beer out the back here. It wasn't. The, it actually wasn't the grand final I wanted to watch that day. I actually wanted to watch the Kyabram, um grand final, but unfortunately, Clutch TV had a bit of a, a bit of a mishap, and the game just didn't come on, which is quite frustrating because I've been watching the uh, Kyabram League grand uh, finals throughout the whole thing. So we put on this grand final. And the first half of Collegians was, was some of the best football I've ever seen. It was, they just from the get-go blew out um, St. Kevin's. St. Kevin's, I think, maybe second or third quarter sort of made a bit of a bit of a comeback in and then got distracted, went off and done other things. Flicked it back on, I think, just before three-quarter time and the margin was already out to about this. And I was just like, holy hell, this has just been a... Uh, a day for St. Kevin's to forget. So that's why I thought they might have been higher. So where do the readers have them? Uh, number two. So yeah, That's not, probably about where I would have had them as well. far off. And, you know, if you've got a defender playing for you that's getting now getting AFL attention after his uh, season, it's probably a good sign for your program and, and uh, why you rank so high. I think there was also a, one of their forwards after that game started to get a little bit of... um. Sort of like sort of news circulating a little bit that this bloke might be getting a bit. He didn't. He was. He apparently was quite young. He didn't look young, but apparently he was a bloke that they were saying probably could be, and should be looked at as being on an AFL list. So twenty six percent of people have them overrated, forty one percent underrated, and thirty three percent agree. So now into the uh, the bronze medal is the Northern Division One Premiers, the Heidelberg Tigers. So they finished with the minor premiership and the premiership, finishing eight one and one. So 18 one one The Tigers went back-to-back in style with a 23-point win over Bandura. It was the 30th senior flag in club history. Hodelberg lost one game and drew another, both against Montmorency 
and were even more dominant in reserve grade, going through undefeated. Lockie Wilson claimed the Rosebrook medal. So one loss in two grades and one, what's that, six points dropped in across two grades of footy. That's some uh, pretty impressive uh, stats. Yeah, it's uh, uh, unbelievable. The uh, Raiders had them at uh, number 13, but um, you know, Northern Division 1, and you're dominating like that, you probably deserve to be up there in that top five. So they've got uh, 32% overrated, 28% underrated, and 40% agree. Now this one, well, actually, after looking at where the Raiders have got the top team, I'm actually not even going to worry about saying this is probably the biggest gap because it's sort of a bit concerning this. Um, yeah, both, both one and two are quite yeah. interesting. And not knowing much about St. Bernard, St. Bernard's, um, I won't speak on the difference, but knowing a bit about the top team, I will speak on how they've, the Raiders have done that. So anyway, so St. Bernard's is number two. Uh, Vaffa Premier B. They finished undefeated Premiers. Only One of only two teams to be unbeaten all season in the Vaffa. St. Bernard's will play in the top division next year after winning the minor premiership and grand final in Premier B. The side averaged more than 100 points a game and kept their opposition to under nine goals a game during the regular season. So where the Raiders have them sit, and then I'm going to give your opinion, my opinion why I reckon it's so different. Uh, 75. Okay. They've quite a big gap. But tell you what, I, round one, you'd be crazy not to book in St. Bernard's versus uh, Collegians there for the welcome welcome to uh, yeah, the I Premier, think Premier A. With this one, I think maybe the Raiders... So I'm just probably doing that. So 66% say overrated, 11% underrated, and 23% agree. I think where this issue comes from, with the difference in the Raider top 100 and the Herald someone is because they're Division 2. They're a Division 2 team. So they're probably going, well, hold on a second. This team in Division 1 is going to beat this team. It's They're not working off the best team yeah. in the state. They're working off the best seasons. Um, and then number one, and this one... I don't quite understand the Raiders, what they've got here. So, number one, the East uh, Essendon District Premier Division Premiers, Keelor, who went 20 and 20 in zip, undefeated Premier, simply dominant is the only way to put the season of Mick McGuan's side as they stormed to a first Premiership since 20, 2019. The Blues were rarely challenged during the year and it's hard to see who would have beaten them. Now, being the fact that I do work, we do work for clubs in the Essendon district. I was uh, in the Premier Division as well. I was privy to their results all season, finding stats. And the couple of finals I watched of them, they were a class above any other team in the state. I would, you'd put them against any other team, and I reckon they're beating them. Yep. So clear number one, and the Raiders have got them at uh, seventy four. So, so on the. Uh, the overrated, so 28% have overrated, 10% underrated, but 66%, uh, 62% of people agree. So I'm not really too sure where the Raiders are getting their 74th from, but it says here 62% of people agree, so it's hard to go past that not being probably the correct decision. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I, I would love to see, you know, they're, they're having the interleague, they're bringing back the interleague, so they're going to have, you know... Um, Southern are playing against whoever. I can't remember which leagues are playing which, but I'd love to see some of these top division. A bit division of a Champions teams. League? Yeah, Champions League. I reckon that'd be unreal. I reckon you could probably, you know what, you could probably set that up 
So say you get, even if you just do, say, your Metro, right? So you, being the fact that Metropole and all work together, you'd almost set it up as a knockout pre-season tournament. So instead of going off, and I know obviously you want to, you probably don't want blokes hitting their straps early in the season, but you can almost run it as like a sort of a pre-season Champions League, sort of everyone knockout stage, but when you get knocked out, you then just play a practice match against another team that's for nothing. That would be pretty cool to see. Yeah, I, I think that's, it's always been a, the lifelong question for a lot of local footy fans is which league is the best and, you know, who's producing the best talent, all that sort of stuff. And like I said, Eastern, Eastern was known as probably one of the top competitions for a long time. But some, you know, the VAFA higher divisions and Essendon districts have they've started picking up um, out of East. You know, some of those top teams. Um, yeah, Champions League would be unreal, I reckon. The other thing that um, makes this list hard <clears throat> to really gauge if it's correct or not is, okay, for example, you had Dramana Division One, uh, yeah, Division One Premiers of MPNFL. That was seven. Essendon District at Keelor at one. It could simply be a thing where, like, maybe maybe the MPNFL is actually a harder competition overall than Keelor, which is how Keelor's gone. Um, the undefeated route and so dominant. So you've also got to take that into account that just because you've got undefeated and another team has finished seventh on this and only lost one game, they actually might have been a harder competition to be the best team in the state. Yeah, if you sort of look at it compared to like and the way NFL works with divisions and conferences, like there's teams that are playing in very weak divisions. They might be the top of that division, but they then come up against a, a, a much far better team from a different cross conference or division and and get blown out of the water. And I think you know similar things would happen in some of these yeah these competitions. If uh, yeah. I don't know how, um, you know, a VAFA Premier B t- team is ranked higher than a team that's won Premier A um, just because they won a couple more games. But like you said, obviously it's a much harder division if it's Premier A, so you're playing a lot better sides. Um, but, yeah, I, that's when you've had uh, Premiers from Premier B going up, I'd love to see them take on the Premiers from Premier A round one. That would be... If, you, if you're making the fixture, that's what I'll be booking in for oh. round one, for sure. So then moving into the country, um, so before I do that, I just want a quick, quick shout-out to Mitchum. Yeah, he finished uh, 16th in that top ranking, the Raider are vote of 18, the Premiers in Division 1 Eastern. Unfortunately, they won't go up this year, though, with the uh, restructure of Eastern, meaning that Premiers uh, in Division 1 don't go up. But shout out to Mitchum. So we'll now move into the country top 50. So we'll run the top 10 here. So in 10th uh, from the Central Murray League is Kerrang. Um, the Blues lost just one game for the entire season. The second semi-final to Baronard. They won a grand final by a thriller by 10 points. So where they got him in the Raiders, mate? Ah, uh, 29th, yeah, Um Lost one in game. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know a lot about these um, country footy leagues, so I'll probably 
can't really comment. But, you know, 29th and 10th, that's not too bad. Overrated, 50%. Underrated, 26%. Agreed, 24 It's pretty, you know, under, underrated and agreed is probably... But, yeah, 50% reckon they're overrated, so um, they're probably a little bit high. Yeah, it's, um, but again, when you... I'll tell you what's really disappointing about this list. It doesn't have the uh, the win-loss record for these teams, which makes it hard to really get a gauge on how good their season actually was. Um, then moving into number nine from the Ballerine League, the Torquay Tigers. Uh, the Tigers returned to the top after two... Straight grand final losses. The dominant team all year lost one game to win their first premiership since 2017. Lucas Anderson kicked 86 goals for a season. Now that's one hell of a hole. Yeah, it's that's not a bad, uh, not a bad haul. Uh, readers had him ranked 42, overrated 50%, underrated 28, agreed 21. So it's again probably probably ranked a little bit higher than what they should be. Yeah, so then moving on to number eight, Ararat and the Wimmera. So they were the premiers. I think we can almost guarantee that every team in this top ten is going to be a premier. Um, finished the home and away season undefeated before dropping the first giant to the South Mal- yeah, Southern Malay Giants. Um, the Rats, what a name. Uh, featured former AFL defender Tom Williamson this season. So... I'll tell you what, you'd go undefeated and drop the first final. You'd be starting to get a little bit worried right there. Yeah, sounds sounds familiar. Um, yeah, you'd be uh, a little bit shaky, but to bounce back and, and capture the flag is a, a great effort. The, the readers had them ranked 49th, so, um, yeah, they've got them overrated 64%, which um, yeah, probably rated a little bit higher than what most people would assume. Um, again, country, there's so many different leagues that it would be hard to judge, like, which league's better than where and stuff and um, the difference in between some of these leagues. Yeah. Yeah, it's also the towns in those leagues that make the big difference. So then moving into number seven in the Hampton League, South Warnable, uh, so obviously Premiers. The Roosters ended Coriot's. Dominance in the Hampton League, bringing the trophy back to Warnable for the first time since 2013. The team lost three games and dominated their rivals North Warnable in the finals, beating them twice, including the grand final. Um, yeah, so 10 years before, between drinks for for them. Um, losing three games, though, there's quite a few games to lose <laughs> when you're hitting, hitting these lists that we've seen. Yeah, um, the readers had them ranked thirteen, so it's pretty, you know. Not that's probably, I think, so far, it's probably the most even one we've had so far. Yeah, so it's you know, probably the Hampton League is probably rated a bit higher than a couple of those other leagues that have been mentioned earlier. Um, I tell you what, it'd be you'd be pissed off if you lived on the north side of Warrnambool, <laughs> wouldn't you? Getting bloody, you'd hate them. Oh, you would. <laughs> but I tell you what, I reckon it might be something that we actually might even put out there during the season. And try and find sort of the biggest like crosstown rivalries or rivalries in country and local and metro footy. I reckon there'd be an absolute few that are just, you know, there'd be the people that are oh, this club's this club's coming to town. Where let's make sure we get there. You know, other games are oh, we won't get there, but when this club's coming, we are we've got to be there to watch. Like you know, Cranbourne and Nowy back in the day probably would have been one of those ones where yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I don't. I go watch Cream every now and then. Oh, they're playing now. Got to be there for that. Uh, moving to number six uh, from the Bendigo League is Golden Square. They obviously finished premiers as well. Didn't drop a game after round four this season as the Bulldogs stormed into a first premiership in ten years. Remarkably, they've since parted ways with their premiership mentor. I'm uh, curious to know if that was um, sort of a mutual agreement or if they thought they could do better. Yeah, interesting one without any uh, context to it. Uh, you know, there hasn't been too many coaches. I think I think Carlton fired a coach after he won a flag one year. So um, who knows? Maybe, yeah, maybe it was a mutual thing. He's uh, moved on after being at the helm for a while and winning a flag and there's nothing else really to achieve once you've won the flag. And um, yeah. what the Raiders had them, 27th. Uh, pretty even, uh, overrated 37, underrated 19, agree 44. So, yeah, most people pretty pretty content with where they're situated. So just on the uh, the coach being out, so there's an article from October 23. So Golden Square Premiership Coach Chris uh, – so this was also written by David Johnston. Uh, Golden Square Premiership Coach Kristen Carter is deeply saddened by the club's brutal cold dump him less than a month since winning the Bendigo League flag. He has been – Replaced by club's reserves coach Brad Eaton, while his grand final coaching advisory Sandhurst's Bryce Cunro hopes all will go. Um, he hopes he will coach again. Carter led Golden Square to its first flag in a decade. Um, I'm deeply saddened to be sacked by the club after securing the senior premiership this year. He said, "I'm especially disappointed with the fact the club were unable to give me any feedback on why this decision was made." In saying that, I respect the club's decision and wish them all the best in the future. So. Bit, 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 bit strange. Uh, I thought it was actually pretty good. Uh, not a bad response, though. He sort of sounded, sounded like he was about to give him a bit of a swipe and then uh, just sort of express his um, his displeasure, but then sort of brought it back and respectful. Won't speak on that because obviously have no inside knowledge on why. There might have been a great reason why Golden Square did that. But anyway, uh, moving on to number five. From the Geelong League, Leopold. So they were premiers. Jeez, wouldn't mind this as a coach. Led by ex-AFL player Gary Hocking, Leopold stormed home from fourth to win the premiership. The team won four matches in the finals, including a 50-point thumping over South Barwon in the decider. Now, before you get into the Raider vote, so there's a got in fifth. Um, they finished fourth. The Benz have obviously lost, dropped a few games during the season. I'm starting to find, how, how, how do they finish higher than maybe clubs that have gone undefeated? Yeah, that's, that's like again, probably Geelong League is probably rated a bit tougher than some of those other leagues. Uh, the Raiders had them at number two, so it's you know not far off. Uh, yeah, Raiders having them at two compared to if the Raiders have got them at two, it's either a strong as I said, a strong, strong supporter base trying to bump them up, or well, I think I'm pretty sure Geelong is renowned for being one of, if not the best league in Victoria at the moment. So they're obviously looking at that to be if you win a premiership in Geelong, it doesn't matter how rough your season's been, you're probably still a top three team in the state. Yeah, and that's you can get caught up a lot in uh, you know win loss records and stuff. And how many teams have you seen in recent years that have you know only dropped a one or two game throughout the season and then bombed in finals or? You know, got blown out of the water in a grand final. It it all comes down to when you can step up and do on the in the finals. And I'll tell you what, if you got Gary Hocking as your coach, you wouldn't want to be 
putting a foot wrong player for him, <laughs> would you? He was a hard bastard not. back in the day. Uh, so then moving into fourth, and this was actually a thrilling um, grand final contest in this one. The Ballarat League, Darley finished the Premiers, led by ex-AFL Brett Bewley. Darley won its first Premiership in six years, just two seasons after finishing dead last. The team lost two games all season, had the best attack in the competition. Um, now, if my memory serves me correctly, I'm pretty sure Darley kicked two goals in the space for about two minutes, including one pretty much on the sign to actually win this grand final. Yeah, all right. And so the Raiders had them at uh, 38, so a bit, you know, fair gap there. But I think um, you, you say their first premiership in six years after finishing bottom, dead last two seasons. So we, in six years they've gone from winning a flag Going down to the bottom of the ladder, then back up and winning another flag, all all in the space of six years. So what a freaking roller coaster for them! That's very impressive that one. So now moving into third, um, from the Gippsland League, and this one I can certainly understand why they're this high. The Lean Gather Lean Gather Parrots. Uh, the dynasty continues to grow for the Parrots. The Parrots have now won four of the last five premierships. And we're on track to win the 2021 Premiership before COVID ended the season. So is that saying that they've won four? Of the, so I'm, I'm taking that as they've won four of the five. But if 2021 had it been there, it would have been five of six, they're trying to say. That's how I'm reading it. Yeah, I can only guess. The readers had them at ranked fifth, so pretty close to where uh, they're ranked here, but yeah, I'll tell you what, they're only going to... Four out of five, you're going all right. I reckon they're only going to get stronger in 12 to 24 months because Lane Gath is actually our, uh, Dyson Heppel's home club and Aaron plays there. So I reckon once Dyson hang the boots up, I would not be surprised if uh, he ventures down there for a season or two at Lane Gath and that's just going to strengthen him even more. Yeah, that'd, that'd be quite the get for them and you'd say Dyson's probably... Uh, got the bomber's hat on, but he's probably only got a year left. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's probably only got one or two years left, and that's what I'm saying. He'll be, he's he, he does speak very fondly of Lane Gather and in, you know, country footy and stuff. So you'd love to see him go down there and play with his, his family, his brother, or whatever. But um, he seems like the type of bloke that would. Yeah, he does. That's why I reckon he probably went up down there. So in the second. Uh, from the Goulburn Valley, Achuka. I think I wa- pretty sure I watched this grand final. Um, actually, sorry, no, this was the grand final I wanted to watch, and this is where uh, Clutch ruined me. Uh, so the premiers were Achuka, uh, one of the one of only a handful of country clubs winning back to back flags this season. Achuka dominated the Goulburn Valley League, losing two games all year. They've won thirty nine of their past forty one matches. So- <laughs> So two games, and they lost those two games this year. So they've only lost two games out of the last three, four. three, four, three. F- well, three seasons, pretty much. Well, you take your COVID. Well, f- year. You know what? You know, you, you could probably add an extra. If you didn't want to say seasons, you could probably add an extra year to that because there's no games in COVID. So twenty twenty one as well, twenty twenty two. So you can almost go five, four, five years. Yeah, and uh, the readers had them ranked at uh, nine, so pretty close to that. Trick uh, is always. Been known as a pretty uh, decent footy footy uh, club up there, and and always done pretty well. Um, so then moving on to number one, and there's no surprise on this one to be honest with you, because these this club has been just a powerhouse of local footy. Uh, 
for years, and that's Yarrawonga in the ovens of Murray. Won the flag. Uh, Steve Johnson enjoyed the perfect first season in charge of the Pigeons, guiding them to a premiership. They dropped just two games for the season. Yeah, the, the Raiders had them ranked 50, <laughs> which it probably just shows that they're, they're not a very liked team compared to others. Where, uh, they're hard to deny that they've, they've been up there and been uh, as good as they have for a long time. And Aaron's and Murray be top five league in the state, if not higher than five. And if you're getting Steve Johnson to go down and coach here and uh, – You've had uh, Favola down there playing for a few years and stuff. You're doing something right to be able to attract those ilk of players going down to your club, that's for sure. Absolutely. So that's uh, the top tens for the Metro and uh, well, Melbourne and country uh, footy leagues there. I look forward to seeing um, maybe at the end of this season we'll compare the top ten from where they were this year and where they finish uh, next year, I'm going to assume that most of those clubs will probably be back into the, sort of the same areas as they were. Uh, we'll move on now. So, speaking of uh, a club, was it 39 from 41 games or something like that they'd won? Um, we'll move on to the longest winning streaks and the longest losing streaks in local footy at the moment. What do you want to start with? you want to start with the longest winning streaks or the longest losing streaks? Oh, let's, let's get the losers out okay. of the way. And <laughs> do we, we'll go from... We'll start from... Uh, we'll just quickly run through there. So we'll start from the bottom of 19 games. Who we got? 19, mate. 19. We've got... Uh, <laughs> oh, so thanks. Throw me under the bus with this name. St. Arnold in yep. the North Central. Um, the Saints struggled all year, conceding more than 100 points a game. Um, they lost all their 16 games this season, so they, you know, their their losses are tracking back to last year, uh, last season as well. So, so then you got Campbell Creek in the Maryborough Castle Main, 20 games. Um, yeah, they unfortunately uh, had almost conceded 200 points a game um, and under 20 points in 12 games. We'll see in the Northern, 20 games. Old Collegians in the Warnable, 21 games. Apollo Bay in the Colwack League, 21 games. Uh, Melton South, 21 games. Clayton, 22 games. Clayton, the Southern team, I, I was surprised to see. I didn't realise they they were on such a losing streak. Uh, we'll move up to... We'll just move up a little bit now. We're going to get to the big ones. So, Rambola in the Murray... 37 games <laughs> without a win. Uh, North Sunshine in the Western Region, 37 games. That's a hell of a lot, that. Uh, Wagoner, Wagoner in the Tawangatta, 39 games. I haven't won a game since June 19, 2021. Uh, Neil Madurum in the Allen Bank, so close to where we are, 39 games. Um their last win came on June 26. They were probably hoping that they might have uh, been able to get the win when they had Nathan Buckley come to play for them against Katani, but unfortunately Buckley went down pretty early. <laughs> Pinged his ammy, didn't he? It's yeah. the first few minutes. Uh, Laylor in the Northern League, 42 games. Maryborough in the Bendigo League, 46 games. 
Port Arlington in the Ballerine. And we'll get on to um, the Ballerine League in the next episode or two with the um, the discussions about the restructuring of the leagues out that way. Uh, then one we spoke about um, in the first episode well, a couple of weeks ago, the Western Rams in the Riddle District, 69 games. It's a lot of games to be losing. Yeah, and their last, their last win was against Broadford, who have since moved to the Outer East, and that was in 2018. They won by 41 points. It's um, it's disappointing, but resilience to all those clubs and communities for uh, sticking fat and keeping, you know, they hurt. We've been, I've been a part of clubs that have been on the end of quite a, it, a lot of like a long losing streaks, but also <clears throat> maybe not massive streaks, but massive beltings in footy. And it becomes harder and harder each week to have your players turn up and keep going. So hopefully, you know, hopefully by the end of this season, all those clubs we can see there will be, you know, their losing streaks will be back under double digits because they've picked up a game early in the season. Yeah, well, good luck to uh, Western Rams, especially 69 games. Let's I tell, I tell you the other thing. Any of those teams, probably from about the twenty game, twenty two game onwards, or maybe even now, we'll go from probably yeah twenty two games onwards. Tell you what, the night they win a game, those rooms gonna be pumping like they just won a granny. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Like we've, like you said, we've been a part of a club that took some beltings, and we had a couple of tough years. And the one game we did win, you it just happened to be on a night we had a function booked in, and it was you would have thought we won a granny, and we'd only just scraped over the line in our first win for the year at the time. So, so we're going to move on to the top, uh, the um, the wing streaks, and there's a big gap here between the longest losing streak and the longest winning streak, which just goes to show you how hard it is to actually keep on winning. So, run us through them, right? Yeah, so at the bottom of a 13 game win street, Lancaster in the Kyabram Districts, Bambil in the Millwell. Millowa. Millowa, 13. Um, Kanjiwa. Kanjiwa. Yeah, in Upper Murray, 14. Bonnie Doon, 16 games. Donville. Donvale. Donvale, 17 games. Golden Square, who we just mentioned in the top 50. So this is what I'm talking about how. Um, it's hard. So they're like maybe eighth, got the eighth highest longest record, and it's fallen in one season. So they've literally got seventeen games undefeated, but they lost in round four, twenty twenty three. Just goes to show you how hard it is to win, win bulk loads of games in concession. Consecutive yeah, well, that's games. the thing. Like these, you know, you're talking longest winning streaks, and a few bottom sides, and this haven't even gone undefeated mm. for a season. Um, you know, you then start getting up to Sea Lake, Nandalee, and North Central. They won eighteen games, but again, that that might not be if they played a sixteen game season and and two finals. Maybe they did go undefeated. Um, Harrow, Balmoral, and Horsham District eighteen games had a whopping percentage of four hundred fifty four percent. So Damn. that's some big wins. Uh, Terrellgan Tires United, 18 games. St. Bernard's, 19 wins and a forfeit. In the Vaffa, uh, North Brunswick in the Vaffa, 19 wins and a draw. It's kind of 
That kind of bumps you out the list. I think you've had half a loss. Well, it's still undefeated, mate. <laughs> well, actually, you know what? If you're working off longest winning streaks, that's not that's not a winning streak. Yeah, that's an undefeated streak, but it's not a winning streak. Yeah, that's that's, uh, that's what I'm saying. It's a little uh, caveat there. Uh, Keylor and Essendon district there on twenty games. Um, finish the game, premiers, champions after the. Premier Division flag. So again, twenty games. That's only that's because they went undefeated this season. They lost twenty twenty two grand final to Strathmore. Uh, they didn't make the grand final last year. Uh, sorry, in twenty twenty two. So then, again, one season's always taken for them to finish third highest winning streaks. Yeah, and then the top two winning streaks. You got Harcourt in the Maryborough Castle Main on twenty seven games, um, and Marong in the Loden. Valley. Bottom Valley, yeah. Bottom Valley, 32 games. The best unbeaten streak local footy after Lee and Gatha lost the title earlier this year. Um, so they've won, what, two straight premierships and, yeah, haven't dropped a game for 32. So not even still two full seasons, nah. so really. That would be... They probably lost one early last season. Yeah, because it'd be what you're working off, say, average of so twenty games a season. If you're making finals, that's forty. So it just goes to show that uh, winning games of footy is not an easy feat. I think pretty sure Lane Gather um, got to about thirty-seven or thirty-eight before they finally dropped a game this year. I remember actually, uh, it was. The club that bet Lane Gather again treated it like they just won a flag because it was they just knocked off the most one of the most dominant teams in local footy. Um, and so we don't have anything. We got anything else, mate? You want to touch on before we wrap this one up? I was just going to say, well, we've got some uh, local footy to watch and community TV. You can jump on and watch some of the uh, Northern Territory footy up there. There's, I think, there's some pretty decent talent going around up there. That I'll be checking out over the next couple of weekends. Yeah, well, uh, when I think round one, I sort of sat myself down and watched a bit of that, and such good, good quality footy. And the, the thing about the Northern Territory League, it's yeah, it's a state competition, but you have so many blokes that play, you know, locally in Melbourne for their local club, flying up there and playing, and it's actually a, a good competition. And I'll tell you what, the weather up there to be playing, it would be just would be hot up there right about now. Yeah, it'd be <laughs> testing conditions, that's for sure. It's uh, a very different environment, uh, especially for the, like you said, guys flying up there to play. It'd be it'd be a bit of a shock to the system in first couple of games compared to the local fellows. Yeah, we'll touch on just one more thing, actually. Um, so this was an article back from December written by David Johnston again, and it's just what we're touching on sort of like like a footy. Um, the fact that there's going to be no AFL practice matches in regional Victoria for a second year in a row. Uh, so regional Victoria and New South Wales councils that have poured millions of dollars into upgrading sporting venues to host AFL practice matches have missed out on the game for the second successive year. With fewer pre-season matches being played than a decade ago, decade ago all Victorian games in next year's community series will be played at city venues or Geelong. The last time AFL practice matches were played in regional areas was 2022 with fears they won't return. That year, Lavington Sports Ground hosted Sydney and Greater Western Sydney with the match being the first elite sporting fixture at the venue following a $19.6 million redevelopment. Uh, 
Morewell Recreation Reserve hosted Geelong, uh, Collingwood and Hawthorne in the same year and have followed a $9 million upgrade. Warnable's Reed Oval has hosted AFLW matches for the last two years after $10.7 million was spent bringing it up to standard of capable of staging elite sport. Albury Council owns Lavington Sports Ground and Mayor Kylie King said it was disappointing that the regions have missed out. Grassroots footy fans on the border and northeast have always embraced opportunities to see their idols play closer to home during AFL Community Series, she said. I think it's a missed opportunity. And just goes on to mention the disappointment. Now, before I throw to you, mate, the uh, Community Grounds games, um, to me, the AFL should be really finding a way to keep them out there. So probably over a decade ago now, um, we used to have a holiday house up in Bonnie Doom. My cousin used to live in Wangaratta and Essendon, actually played Richmond in Wangaratta. So I'm obviously Essendon. My cousin went for Richmond. So we actually went, went to Bonnie Doon that weekend, went into Wangaratta to watch the footy. And the amount of people at that ground to watch it was just incredible. The income that um, both the club that hosted the ground or the, the council would have made would have been amazing. And even um, the games, I've been to one or two games at Casey Fields and that joint packs up like there's no tomorrow. So the fact that I, um, they're sort of taking that away from um, local councils, considering that the AFL would love to bang on about how much they spend on the community councils, and you know they uh, pump up these community camps that the AFL clubs do, which is fantastic. But when you're not even giving the extra, the pro- proper product to these councils and uh, communities that have spent millions of dollars to get you there, it's a it's a kick in the teeth to local uh, local communities and local footy clubs. Yeah, and it comes off the back of a pretty big disappointment in the Com Games getting cancelled that was supposed to be a pretty big thing for regional areas um, and then you can't even get any any you know footy out there. That, that Yeah, it's disappointing for those re- regional communities where they struggle to get out to games as it is if you're a fan of, you know... If you're traveling five of, hours, you're, never yeah. gonna, you're not going to do a 10-hour round trip, are you? Nah, and that's the thing. You, you want everyone getting to see footy. You want everyone to be able to enjoy it, and you're only going to bring more supporters to the clubs. Hopefully some clubs, like you said, still get out there and do some training out in these regional areas, even, you know, put on scratch matches and, and open training sessions at least at the very minimum. Well, they've got to do... Every club has to do at least a week in a community... Um, local area. So they do do that. I think Collingwood went to the Gippsland area and they actually got behind um, Fish Creek, whose um, change rooms actually burnt down back in the last season, which um, we had sort of, I had sort of on the run sheet to discuss, but I also felt like maybe too much time's now passed to really, unfortunately, bring that up and touch on that because it's something they probably don't really want to um, relive. And it might be something that we might bring up once the, uh, the rebuild's all almost done and they're back playing footy. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's – one thing that sort of it shits me about the AFL is how often they bang on about local footy and, you know, the community. We love local the, – the, uh, the supporters and family. But whenever push comes to shove for the AFL to actually support grassroots footy in any which way, they seem to uh, all of a sudden shit the bed and not want to do it. Yeah, and I think, like, it's probably – Things like gather round, and um, you know now they've opening round where they've added this extra thing is probably 
part of the reason why these things aren't happening is because it takes, you know, a, a fair chunk of their budget and stuff is going into putting on these, you know, gather rounds where they're all at the same venue. But how much better would gather round be or a, a round of the likes be if they played across the country at different community venues and... and because the shit if you can't fit in thirty, forty thousand people, if you gotta have five thousand people standing around a, a community ground watching their favourite teams play, the atmosphere would be unreal. Um and does the enjoyment you would bring to these communities or the you know, everything would be just benefit for all these local local communities and you get everyone back enjoying footy and trying to you know, when you got we're talking about leagues that are struggling to get teams up and, you know, teams dropping off. Having AFL quality footy go out to these areas and, and help promote the, the game even more would, would only just help those leagues out. Yeah, it's it's disappointing. And, yeah, as I said, it just sort of feels like every time AFL say that they're going to do something to uh, help the grassroots level out, they don't. But anyway, we'll probably wrap that one up there, mate. Um, just before we go, um, just... Touching on what I touched on the other week. Uh, so we are from Halfback Digital Media. Um, so we're built for local uh, local community sport. We offer services, you know, game filming, live streaming, game week social media, content, uh, podcast production, media days, drone, drone filming. With our, a lot of practice matches now booked in, we're currently offering a flat rate fee of $275 to get your practice matches filmed. Um, so that's... in. More importantly, mate, that's in our 4K quality and delivered to your club within 24 hours. Um, we've also restructured our pricing this year. So no matter where you are in Victoria, you have a flat rate of $300 for your game filming. And we're currently still in the midst of working with some advertising partners to be able to offer clubs uh, live streaming with no, no additional cost on top of the game filming. So hopefully we can bring the game to more um, to people inside the community that can't get to the games or people that currently live abroad. We've done that last year with our Hawthorne Vaffa Grand Final. We live streamed their Grand Final Forum due to the fact that a lot of people in the state and that was an absolute hit with them even though the game didn't go the way they wanted. So if you want any information on what Halfback Digital Media can do for your club, uh, shoot us a direct message via um, on Instagram or Facebook at halfbackdigitalmedia.com or send us an email info at halfbackdigitalmedia.com um, do I just stuff up the social media one? <laughs> oh, I'm not too sure. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, halfback media. Yeah, I think I think I said at halfbackdigitalmedia.com just <laughs> running into the info. But anyway, and also if you have a business that you feel like would um be a good advertising partner for us, get in contact with us again via DM or at the email address I just provided. Uh, you'll get advertisement on this podcast platform on our social medias. Every game that goes out to our clubs that we film for during the season and our live stream, you'll get prominent promotion on there so that's it mate we'll uh join you next week for another episode of talking grassroots no worries see you then